When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Howdy, howdy, folks. Welcome back to Hoot and a Half. I am your host, Matt King. And today I'm joined with Mike Sheffer. Hey, Matt. The other co-host. Yeah. Um, the better half. <laughs> Mike, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic. After my little incident and long day yesterday, I'm doing well. You had an incident yesterday? Oh, yes. A little bit of a car mix up with a crazy aggravated driver might hey, explain what happened to the people i i'm gonna not just in case insurance needs to get involved for for what happens but long story short it's my first ever experience with like a car accident or any sort of driving incident in la thankfully um but someone was doing a little bit of aggravated driving and caused a little bit of a fender bender uh, and uh We'll, we'll see what happens from there. No, as you should. I just, he's, it's a crazy person. Truly. Yeah, he, he was definitely not living his best life. You know what? But I kind of admire people who are that, like, kind of crazy. That can flip no, someone I off in the middle Or I guess I, like, uh, I just could never have the balls to, like, even yell at somebody. Even if someone ran into me. I, oh yeah, it, it wouldn't even be in myself to yell at them. Like, I, what is your problem? Dude? I, I go like instantly to a calm state yes. when something like that happens. You just, just go, are you okay? Yes, that's the first thing I ask. And he says, "You motherfucker, are you fucking kidding me? You're fucking dead, and you're in big trouble now." As it's like as if the character of Jeff when he's angry was like a real fifty year old crazy person, right? Screaming at me in the middle of like like a, a very pedestrian suburban street yeah wasn't I, on the highway it was like but thankfully we're all okay we're all good it we're happens. all safe enough about car stuff why don't know? we uh explain to the good people where we've been and uh why we haven't posted a podcast in a couple of weeks we had jason on and then we tried to do another podcast but why don't you explain what happened <laughs> okay, here so uh for the people who don't know mike and i were in italy um about whew, two weeks ago now uh we were there for a wedding for our good uh friend and my other manager jared Oringel um got married to the lovely alexa in italy and uh we went there me uh patricia mike and whitney and couple's uh, trip a couple's trip it was really nice you know we went to rome and florence and we posted the, all of it on instagram if yes. you follow matt on instagram i'm sure you saw all matt patricia posting all the stuff on instagram i always feel bad though like when i'm in a different country because like you're like you know yes you're in this place of paradise and you want to share it but i feel so bad for all the people who are watching it thinking like okay we get it you're in italy yeah i mean isn't that all social media though is like hey here's the, here's the highlight reel maybe a little bright you know you're not you're not a guy who's flexing right that's not a flex that you're doing you're sharing the happiness that you're having right there's uh, a fine we line had, we had such a good time such though where time. everyone's asking like how was italy and you in it, 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 it's almost like i don't know you don't want to brag about it and uh someone once asked jerry seinfeld they were like oh so your family went to italy how, how was that and he goes we ate all the most incredible 
food, did all the most amazing things, and had the most wonderful time. We went to Italy. I'm Jerry Seinfeld. What would you expect? <laughs> like, yeah, that's what happens when you go on a nice trip. We're fortunate enough to be able to have that that experience. And right. It was. I thought you were going to meaning like for the Italians that were just like posting in front of the Trevi Fountain and being like oh, touristy. No, 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 no. I just don't want to rub it in the people's faces. I wish everyone listening was there. That's how good of a time it was. It's and yeah, wish that was good experience. It. But when we were there, we did attempt. And we actually attempted. We did. We did uh, two different installments <laughs> of a podcast. We recorded it at the wedding on like, my iPhone. We were like passing my iPhone back and forth. We did it during the cocktail hour we after still the pretty... ceremony and before the reception and before the dinner. Yes, and it was like before I did the officiating, right? No, it was after. Oh, after the officiating. Okay, it was after. Um, and we even included our girlfriends on it. But guys, I knew when we were recording it that we were way too intoxicated. Well, that was in this. We did like seven minutes during the cocktail hour, and then we had to like go inside for the dinner or whatever. And then after the dinner, when we were all a little bit intoxicated, we were like, "Let's finish the podcast." And we went outside. And just handed the phone between the four of us, and we were just like screaming, and it was loud, and like we were making any. I listened back to it, and I was like, "I we cannot put this out." Yeah, it was no just, way. It Maybe was chaos. one day we'll release it if we start a Patreon, <laughs> and if you like pay the ultimate tier, you can get the drunken episode that we recorded <laughs> in Italy. Um, but I think we're gonna try to cover all of those uh, bases and stuff that we talked about. Um, but yeah. We went to Italy. First place we went to was Rome. Yes. Which I've never been to Italy. You've been before. I've been to Italy twice, but I had never been to Rome. Oh, okay. So it was a new experience for you, too. Definitely. A lot of walking. A lot of walking. I was getting shin splints by day two. Like, I should have prepped before. Like, just walked around my neighborhood and do laps. And if you guys ever go to Italy, stretch, walk, prepare. (laughs) It is a hike. Especially in, like, Rome, which is an ancient city. So the streets are, like, mostly cobblestone. It's uneven. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You know, like, at Disneyland where, like, where the tram is, like, that goes, the trolley that goes through, and there's that little divot, and you, like, sometimes people, like, walk over it, and you always, like, trip and fall. Yeah. That's, like, every, there's a divot everywhere you walk in Rome. So it's it's hard to act cool. You're just... You're just tripping the entire time. And it's a lot of hills, and, like, the sidewalks aren't that wide, so you're kind of, like, hopping between cars and people. And I think we put in, like, 20,000 steps to 30,000 steps every day for, like, four days straight. And you just, yeah, just if you do go travel to Italy, prepare to get, bring your best uh, walking shoes. Yeah, and save some money for a foot massage. Oh, too, that's here. That's a funny story with Patricia. <laughs> oh yeah, Patricia was like so set on getting uh, a foot massage, and she, but like the place that had the best foot massage in Florence was like across the river. It was like it was, another mile away. It was walking. another mile, and you, and it's tough when like you know you can look up businesses and it can be open or closed, but like in Italy you do not know, especially it's with COVID just, times too. It's like you don't know what their hours are if there's they're closed permanently. Yeah, yeah. And poor Patricia walked all the way there. Just to get told that they were closed or they were fully booked. Oh, yeah. You needed a reservation. That's yes. what it was. And then she had to walk all the way back. Without getting the foot massage. And then just demanded a foot massage from me. And um, But we saw all the sites. We saw – was the Trevi Fountain in Rome or that's in Florence? Rome. Yeah. And then we you you found a very good travel hack, Matt. Yes. The TikTok travel that, hack. That in the, you know what? TikTok is amazing because it's becoming my new Google or like my new Reddit. Your, like, search, your search results and search yes. references. So if you're about to go to a city, instead of like searching on like Google. Travelocity are, or top things to do. Look up just cool things 
on TikTok in Rome, and there's tons. And I found this really cool one that basically takes you underneath all the aqueducts that uh, that supply the water for the uh, Trevi Fountain. And uh, it was really cool. I got to pull out the TikTok and followed it like bit by bit. It was behind this little hidden alley. We spent, I don't know, what, five euros to go in. We were the only people there. We got to go underground and uh, see all of these... Um, I don't know. We have water. Like the underneath the the Trevi Fountain. The Trevi Fountain is like this big, beautiful fountain with marble statues, and it's a big building. I'm sure there's a whole history, which we didn't, I I didn't catch on this trip. But underneath, yeah, it's, it's apparently what happened was they were trying to build a theater across from the Trevi Fountain. And when they started to do the excavation, they found this old city and these ruins that were like even more of the fountains. Uh, underground system of how it works. So you basically like, and there's no one there. No one knew about this. It was, you know, we were like the only people in there. It's very cool experience. Very ma- major props to you for doing the research and preparing via TikTok. Thank you, Mike. As a reference for looking things up when you travel. And that's the best is when you uh, find the stuff that's like off the beaten path, you know, like uh, it's the stuff. Have you seen TikToks of people who are like, okay, so we planned a trip to France and then they like literally list out 7.15 to 7.20. We're going to have coffee in the lounge. And then we go from 7.15 to 7.30. Yes. That stresses me out more than anything. Oh yeah. Itineraries. No, no, nobody wants an itinerary, but some people do. Some people like in the comments of that, it's like very split. Some people are like, oh my God, this is the best way to travel. You know what you're going to do. You have your reservation set. You know you're going to see everything. Like some people thrive on an itinerary when they travel because they don't want to end up like, you know, walking around for two hours to only sit down at a subway because they couldn't find a restaurant in Rome, which is not really ever going to be the case. Yeah. But I'm, I think we're both very similar in that regard. I do regret though not seeing some of the main tourist attractions, like not going into the big museums and seeing those pieces of art. And I think mostly it was because Patricia had studied abroad in Italy. So she had seen it. You and Whitney wanted to go off and, you know, yeah, we, see. we did split up a little bit during the days, which was good. <coughs> um, but Rome was great. Food, obviously incredible. I went to the Jewish quarter, which they call the ghetto, which is a, a little funny, but um, oh yeah, that, you you got hooked at the Jewish quarter. Like we didn't see you for like a bit because I mean, you had all your kosher wine. It's a pretty interesting experience. I've never like been to a Jewish area that isn't either in the United States, like New York or L.A., where there's a lot of Jews, or Israel. Like it, you know, you go to the Bahamas, you go to Puerto Rico, you go to Bonaire. There's not really like a lot of Jewish history there, so it's cool to be in a place where there's Jewish history. And you got to see His Holiness the Pope. <laughs> the Pope. I, yes, I got to see the the what's his name? The fuck is it not the Pontiff? Not the Pope. Tony. What's his name? <laughs> uh, Anthony Francis. Francis. Pope Francis. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Patricia and I uh, decided we wanted to go to the Vatican because I'm I'm baptized Catholic. I'm not an active, like, big Catholic, and I am very... Um, Non-denominational? Yes, and I'm also very skeptical and critical of the Catholic Church, so by no means am I, like, endorsing the Catholic Church. But I wanted to see the Pope. It's a, he it's is a, the most influential man in the entire world who is not a, how would I say, celebrity or a musician. An entertainer. Yeah. He's not, he, he's not a classical entertainer. Yeah, he's the closest person to god to the catholic faith to many people yeah and so we went to the vatican um and it's it was so interesting seeing the amount of people that show up 
for him. Yeah. And, and all different types of people, all different walks of and it life. And every Sunday? Is that what it is? Uh, every Sunday, depending on where he's at. Like, oh, you can he tours Google, around a lot. He's on tour, man. He, he, the Pope has places to be, people to bless. Pope.com slash ticks. Yeah. <laughs> Use code David for 20% off on SeatGeek. Get all of his sets, for sure. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we went there. We got to see him and uh, got blessed. And oh, you got blessed? He, he does a like whole... He, yeah, he kind of... I mean, he, he blesses the crowd. Did you like, do the, the cross thing? Where yes. Where you put the nose, toes, watch, and wallet? Is that what it is? Is it nose... Toes, watch, wallet. I mean, it's the fo- it's you know, it's like your forehead, your chest, across, and then the other shoulder. Yeah, nose, toes, watch, wallet. It's like making the cr- isn't that the phrase, the phraseology for like the mnemonic device? I guess you're right, but you're watching your oh, guess because your watch, watch is on, your on left one side, side, and you're damn. That's what I've heard. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just <laughs> something I, I saw in like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm or something. Um, so that was cool. Yeah, we went to Florence. Yeah, we took went, a train. We took a train to Florence, um, and then we got there. I liked Florence. I think I, I get so uh, tossed on like everyone's like, which which did you like more, Florence or Rome? Um, at times I liked Rome, and at times I liked Florence. I, I saw a good thing about and, no, like a good uh, a lot of people like to ask questions as superlatives, like. What's your favorite song or what's your favorite this? And a good interviewing tip is not to ask the superlative of like what's the best or what's your favorite. It's um, like what movie have you seen the most or what TV show have you been watching the most or what band do you listen to the most versus like a favorite? Because a favorite is not really answerable. But if you ask a question that's like you can you can answer it uh, quantitatively. Oh, I listen to the Mars Volta the most. That's a, an inter- more interesting way to ask someone a question. Rather, oh, Florence or Rome? It's like right. which one? Uh, yeah. Anyway, so we had a good time in Italy. I was the uh, officiant, the rabbi for the wedding, and that's the first time I ever did that, which was cool. So Matt got to see me do all the blessings, be underneath the chuppa, as they call it, and um, we had a good time in Italy. Oh, a funny, like, cool experience that happened when we were in Florence. Patricia uh, was really set on going to, like, this speakeasy called... A specific one? Yeah, a specific... It's called Rasputin. And this particular night in Florence, it was raining, like, pouring down rain. And this was across this bridge that we had to... Um, uh, you, yeah, it was a little bit far from the Airbnb. And it was, like, 8 p.m. And you guys were, like, going to go out for the night. Me and Whitney were going to stay in. And you were... She was very adamant about it, but it and, was pouring and, and, rain. Yes, and, and, and stores are shutting up, and it's a it's a weekday night. Like it was like the, a Monday. I think. Yeah, it was like a Monday. There's no nightlife, and I the whole time I'm like, Patricia, well, where are we going? And we're going deep, deep, far into Florence, and uh, we go into this uh, uh, piazza. Yeah. I yeah, think that's the term. P- hopefully, yeah. A piazza. I know my like Italy is like fading from me. I still say grazie when someone hands me a bill <laughs> at the restaurant. <laughs> when I came back to America, I was still saying grazie. And we uh, go up to this, and I, I look on the maps, and I'm like, it's not here. There's no bar that there's no exists door, here. There's no sign. And then we go up to these two other people and go, hey, do you know where Rasputin is? They're like, you're trying to get into Rasputin? Are you trying to find it? We're like, yeah. And they go, okay. Keep going down this street, turn in this back alley, follow it, and then you're going to find this red door. We go down the sketchiest alley. There is nothing, not a shop or a shop light in sight. And it just seems like all apartments. And we walk up and we knock on this red door. There's nothing. And I'm like, okay, it's closed. And I look in the windows, nothing's there. Pitch black, can't see anything. And then we kind of start walking away. And then this other couple walks up. And 
And I'm like, are y'all looking for Rasputin? They go, yeah, we are. And then they just open up the door. And we're like, okay. It was unlocked? It was unlocked. Oh. Like we, we thought it was locked or something. Yeah. And we enter it, and it's pitch black. It looks like the beginning of, like, walking into the Haunted Mansion at Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just this spooky. They, there's a, a hostess stand. Nobody there. And then this guy just, like, hits this bell. And they, are, the Amer- are these Americans that you're with? So, yeah, they were Americans. Okay. This, this other couple. And they come up, and he goes, he looks to Patricia, and I goes, do you guys have a reservation? And Patricia immediately is like, no. And then the other couple is like, yes, we do. And he goes, okay, for how many? And the guy goes, for four. And then looks at me and Patricia and gives us a wink. And we're like, what a legend. And then the hostess is like, "Um, no, it says two. And he goes, no, it's supposed to be four. Wow, what a legend. They take us down there, and there's like... Only like eight other people in the room, and they serve these. are really small, usually. Yeah. yeah, I was wanting to keep drinking though, but it takes forever for those damn cocktails because they serve. make these super yeah. custom original. But then you kind of, if I remember correctly, you kind of got like trapped. With we this. did. The, the couple was a sweet couple, but Patricia and I were like, "Okay, we gotta kind of get out of here." Because you're like, stuck oh, at this no- table where you can, you yes. can't mingle and walk around. It's not like a. It's not. A, it's not a party bar it's kind of like a yeah you're, you're with who you're with and thankfully they were americans they were really really nice but you were kind of trying to like we were trying to kind of get out of there wrap but then, it up and they, they bought the first round and i'm like okay now we have to buy the second round and by the end i'm like let's get out of here yeah but you got to experience rasputin yes that's it, good it was so cool and then we went to the wedding and mike you were the um the officiant or yes. like what, how would the you rabbi. say like a, a rabbi a rabbi officiant yeah no but you're I'm not, not a rabbi I, i'm not a rabbi I, let's call it the officiant i think that's what it is okay. yeah the celebrant. Uh, yeah, uh, which is something I've never done before, and I think you've done it before, right, once? Yep. Um, so I talked to a couple people, got a little bit of research done, and then, like, the day of the wedding, I thought I was, like, ready for it, and I was, like, going to write up everything, and then it took me, like, four hours of, like, full just preparation making sure I had all the the process because the Jewish wedding, there's a lot of steps to it, like the seven blessings, the circling around when you do the speech, this and that. So, I mean, I, you tell me, you're the one who watched from the audience. You did really, really great. Thank you. You, did, you were mic'd up all the way and it was so beautiful because there was this whole band next to you and, and it was like in the mountains of this like small Italian town. It wasn't like in a main area. It was outdoors, perfect weather. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, I, I thought I did okay, but I don't know what it was like from the audience. Oh, well, the thing is you were mic'd up the entire time. So they're definitely like, oh, okay. Um, oh, you like heard me like, Jared, uh, take a step over this way. All these like little asides you were telling, like the bride and groom that you thought we didn't hear, we heard all of it, but it was really (laughs) like sincere and authentic. And I think you did a really, really great job. But I, you know, I was so excited for, um, you know, the breaking of the glass. Yep. Where they put like you know the glass on the napkin and they and they the, smash they it, they smash yeah. it, and everyone says Mazel Tov. Um, and I thought you had like pranked them though <laughs> that you didn't put the glass. So the moment it happened, because you couldn't hear it, and Jared also missed like the first time, which happens. I would say like fifty percent of Jewish weddings you go to, you miss. Like you try and stamp on the glass, and it's wrapped up so nicely that like you kind of don't break the glass. You just step on cloth. But it was also on grass, and nobody heard it the first time, so everyone was like a little bit confused. <laughs> and uh, Jay, it took Jared like three or four times, and then he was he finally did it. And I think I was the one who was like Mazel Tov, and then yeah. everyone was like, "Okay, it happened." So it made me mic up the glass. What next was time. the uh, What was the thing you said though, where they said? It, depending depending on how many uh, pieces of glass it breaks into is how many how many years the marriage will last. That's okay. like a, it's a saying is you know you want to break the glass into as many pieces as the marriage will last, which is like you know call it a thousand pieces. So or why whatever. did they use a light bulb then? 
Uh, well, in recent times, they started using a light bulb because it breaks a lot easier. And um, there have been incidents where people have stepped through the glass and they like cuts their feet. And oh my like gosh. The, the groom has to be rushed to the hospital right after. So it's more of a safety issue. And also like, yeah, breaking a, a wine glass can lead to a lot more injury versus like a light bulb, which shatters very easily. And well, hey, at the, least they're going to carry you around on a chair after yeah. an injury like that. That was, I'll say, one of the w- one of the most highlights of the of the night was when the Hora busted out and you were just floored as if oh. as if Mickey Mouse came to life. Yeah, or like or Santa Claus like showed up. I because it was my first time uh, witnessing at a, a Jewish Hora. wedding yeah. where you, that you put the bride and groom on the chairs and you lift them up and you do the dance. Um, I, I wish I had a video of your face, your jaw. I've never seen someone's jaw on the floor with the biggest <laughs> smile. And we, I mean, it was a great time. It was why, a good Jewish why do wedding. the, the bride and groom hold like the napkin between them? Does that symbolize anything? I think it's just like traditional. I, yeah. I, I don't think it really means anything, but yeah, the wedding was super fun. Um, and un- then I had to make it all the way back. Well, no, wait, there's oh, one more thing that we should tell the people about Italy. If they go is there is a six hour production of Pinocchio. Oh yes, we that, yeah. There's a six-hour production of Pinocchio that uh, written by Aaron Sorkin. Written by Aaron Sorkin. Directed Timothy by Sh- who is it directed by? Um, well, Aaron Sorkin, I think, also is oh, directing yeah, he wrote, it. Directed yeah, it with wrote, Timothy direct, Chalamet. Timothy Chalamet, Jeff Daniels. Yep. Um, I and think, they have a, like a puppet that they have Pinocchio. Yeah. yeah. So explain what happens with the nose. It, well, it's six hours, and so, but like the thing is, you can come <laughs> and go as you please. But by the end of the play, the, the his nose is so far at the back of it the hits auditorium, the back of the theater. you have to duck, and it like knocks knocks people drinks over at their tables, and oh, it's a madhouse. And he keeps lying. Like the story is that he just can't ever tell the truth and never becomes a real boy. Right. So by the end of the, and and it's six hours. So we would you know you leave at like three hours in, go get dinner, yeah, have a cigarette, come and back, you come back, and the play is still going. <laughs> Okay, obviously okay. that's not true. Okay, it's, that is not true at all. But we were going around Italy, like talking to like the other wedding guests and explaining that we went and saw this six-hour production. Of, Who were you telling it to? That she was Alexa. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Alexa was like, "Oh my god, okay, okay, wow!" Like it, no, no questions, no hesitation. She was just like, "Why would you spend your time seeing that?" And I'm like, "Why aren't you questioning that it was a six-hour production?" production. Um, but we also got to see like this movie theater. We put on a. a at the end of the night of the wedding, do you remember? We did yeah, a puppet Dolce show. Vita. Wait. No, we we oh. you, we might have been. You might have been a little gone. We did like a full-blown shadow puppet Pinocchio oh. like play <laughs> for Jared at the end of the night. Oh, where yes. he, we shined a flashlight in this dark movie theater, and we had the nose keep growing as the shadow on the wall. Oh, my gosh. We had a good time. But Pinocchio is like a pretty big deal over there. Every shop has like a little Pinocchio. Oh, Pinocchio on every corner of every um, street. So that was a good bit that we had. Yeah. And then we had our, uh, our Dapper Dan's bit, which I think was like my most viewed Instagram story of all time. Um, it's from Zach Galifianakis between, between two, two ferns. ferns. We, uh, I think they, <laughs> they get the point. Okay, we we had a good time in Italy. Yeah, um, and then I had to immediately make it back for another wedding, the my best friend's wedding. Yeah, you flew straight. You so you had a car, went from this town Volterra. Yeah, we drove yeah from Volterra all the way to Florence. Got on the flight, stopped in Munich, and I was just crossing my fingers that like we were going to get through and make it on this flight. Yeah, I was so nervous. Yeah, like, with don't... COVID tests and vaccination cards and getting your boarding. Oh pass. yeah, it's, it's it's like there's a lot of logistics. To traveling internationally now made it back for that wedding and then i had another wedding right after that non-stop so you're you're a good wedding guest i am i'm a good friend yeah i mean showing up to weddings it's like 
especially when they're not in your it's not like going downtown LA or like going to Santa Barbara like traveling for weddings it's expensive it's time consuming it's a it's a schlep it is quite a schlep and you're constantly renting like another tux and another tux and you're like can we just like you gotta buy one I know but but then the groomsmen though they all want matching tuxes oh yeah you know yeah it's it's listen we made it through um do you have a, another topic that you no. wanted to bring up? I, I, I wanted to. We started to talk about this yesterday. Oh, completely shifting gears. The most wealthy fictional characters the of wealthiest, all time. Yeah, the wealthiest fictional characters of all time. Yes. And I asked Mike because I, I I know this pretty well because I always wonder because we were watching TV the other day and the Adams family popped up and I. I'm not. I I love the Adams family, but I'm not a big fan of this animated version that they've been putting out. I just don't think it's really hitting it as well as I want to. But I asked. I said they're one of the wealthiest um, fictional uh, families of all time. And Mike was like, "How the hell? Wait, what are you talking yeah. about?" I go, "There is like a Forbes list of the wealthiest fictional characters." Fi- and, and what did you say? I thought it was Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne, yes, is Batman. the wealthiest. You think that he is? So I, I believe that it's Bruce Wayne, as I understand it. He, from what I remember, is I think he has some some certain number of billions of dollars, and I think that like they tried to claim that Iron Man, uh, Tony Stark was wealthier. But He's really, high up. No, Tony Stark is wealthier. I think than, Batman's wealthier. No, well, I think I think you're wrong. We'll pull up the list, but okay. you know who the wealthiest is. I, I think it's Batman. No, no, wrong, Mike. Who's it's the a, wealthiest fictional character? It's, it's Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> Scrooge McDuck from the <laughs> DuckTales Are you series. serious? Scrooge McDuck. Is the wealthiest fictional character <laughs> yes. in fiction. Yes. And they, Okay. Uh, how did he... Wh- how, how much is he worth? How did he amass his fortune? I'm pretty... Oh, I'm going to pull up the list real quick. One second. I wonder if these fictional characters by this point... Like, I wonder if Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk have surpassed... The fictional characters and their wealth, but you're looking. Well, how much is Jeff? Be- no, Jeff Bezos is more richer than the, than the fictional characters. Yes, that's okay. crazy. Because there was a time where the fictional characters were more wealthy than the non-fictional okay. characters. The wealthiest is Scrooge McDuck. He's worth sixty-five point four billion dollars. That's crazy. Because Zuckerberg, Bezos, and Elon Musk are worth like twice that. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Tax the rich, AOC. <laughs> Uh, Zuckerberg and Gates and Buffett all have more than Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, McDuck did. <laughs> uh, no, so did, Scrooge McDuck. Wait, Zuckerberg and Gates and Buffett, all of them made more money than Scrooge, Scrooge McDuck, McDuck did. did. There we go. <laughs> Bo Burnham, if you're listening. Second, this one, I, I it, it doesn't make sense. It's Smog, which is like the big dragon from Lord of the Rings. A dragon? What, do you have a bank account with uh, whatever the town is over there? I, I, well, I don't know because I think – I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan, and please, people, correct us um, – that Smog is – like was once like a king or something or I don't Maybe know. he owns he's, the oh, land. Smog is worth fifty-four point one billion. But he's a dragon. He's a dragon. Does he? So what, does he have a debit card? Like how is he accessing his money? Um, Where basically, because um, he's sitting on a pile of gold. That's it. Gotcha. So much gold. He has precious stones and diamonds encrusted in his belly and owns a giant diamond called is the Arachnian f- Stone of Thrain. Where are you he, reading this on Forbes? Um, the richest, but this is the same um, uh, thing as Forbes. So after Smog. Number three. Um, Can is, I guess? I, I don't feel like you're going to be able to get it. This one's surprising me. Is it our, a human our, being? Our listeners know. Is it a human being? Yes, it's a human being, but partially supernatural. Okay, I don't know. 
Um, it's Carlisle Cullen I don't from know who that Twilight. Is. He's the like the head dad. He's like Edward's dad. Is that Robert Pattinson? No, Robert Pattinson is Edward, but his dad is Carlisle. Right, but, but not I'm saying his, his like, family, biological dad. But like, is the third wealthiest fictional character. Yes, I, I haven't seen any of the Twilights. Have you seen them? Um, yeah. Are they oh, good? Well, he, no, <laughs> no. I I. Re- <laughs> I read Twilight and New Moon in high school because um, I wanted to like talk to girls about it. And, oh. then, and then halfway through the third one, I like was like, I'm done. I had like an existential crisis. And then you watched the movies, and they weren't they weren't. No, your cup I even of tea. went to midnight premieres for Twilight. Dude. Oh man, yeah. Um, so it's Carlisle Cullen. He's worth forty six billion dollars, and this is from the richest. Um, now number four, it's a musical. Um, very famous musical. Annie? About yes, and what's the guy's name? Right, that's all. Daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks. Daddy Warbucks. Thirty six point two billion dollars. It's crazy that these fictional characters have less money than real people. Like no. I, I remember, it, like when we would read these lists, like in the nineties on the internet, when they were like compile this stuff. Wow, imagine having fifty billion dollars. Like nobody had that much money, but yeah, now it's just like. Okay, so is there a human being on this list that's not supernatural? Well, who's the, the next guy? Is you Bruce know. Wayne? No, close. Tony Stark. Tony Stark. He's wealthier than Bruce Wayne? Yes. Bruce Wayne is very wealthy. He's, I mean, Bruce Wayne is a billionaire, but he's almost worth half as much as Tony Stark. Dang. All right. All right. So I'm not I'm not as up to speed on this. Tony as... Stark, yeah, worth $12.4 billion. Next is from Citizen Kane, Charles Foster Kane, $11.2 billion. Have you billion. seen Citizen Kane? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I know the ending, and I I've have never seen, seen the seen beginning. It. I don't know anything about it. You don't? No, I feel like we should it's watch like it. It's like the wealthiest man in the world, and he dies, and he has his famous final words, and they're trying to figure out well, what those words mean. Interesting. Yeah. It's like supposed to be considered the best movie of all time, right? Oh, yeah. It's incredible. Uh, I'll, 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 I'll have to put it on place. the list. Okay. Uh, okay. And then it's Bruce Wayne is number seven at $9.2 billion. Number eight, Richie Rich. Okay. That's, I mean, 5. The, na- 8. the name makes sense. And then Christian Gray from Fifty Shades of Gray, number nine at 2.5 billion. And 10 from The Simpsons, Montgomery Burns. Oh. 1.5. Did you know that Conan O'Brien is the creator of that character? No way. Yeah. Conan O'Brien used to write on The Simpsons for like the I early know. seasons, and he created the character of Mr. Burns. That's his character. That's so appropriate. And he also wrote one of the most famous episodes, Mars versus the Monorail. Did you know Lorik? I, that's my favorite Simpsons episode. That's written by Conan O'Brien. Monorail, monorail, monorail. Conan wrote that. Whoa. Did you know that Jason Nash is on an episode of The Simpsons? No way. Yes. Yes. How did I not find that in my research when we I, he I, I I sent him on Instagram like a funny Simpsons clip, and then he sent me a voice and I'm like, did you know that I was on an episode of The Simpsons like 10 years ago? And I was like, explain everything about this to me. And he was like, yeah, I had some friends who like were working on the show when I was a comedian in Boston and like they needed a Boston guy for a character. So if you ever look up the episode where like Homer goes to Boston, Jason is one of the characters in that episode. I haven't looked it up, but yeah, Jason is like on an episode (laughs) of The Simpsons. I haven't watched a lot of The Simpsons. There's so many episodes. It's on. They're all on Disney Plus. Uh, so if you just have Disney Plus, I, I, like I'll like pop them on on Saturday morning. Start with like seasons, you know, two or three. I think those are obviously the best ones between like two and eight. You, any episode, it doesn't matter. They're my, all, par- my parents didn't let me watch The Simpsons. It's literally a family Sunday. Like it's just a little too crude. Or they just The thought, like, Simpsons? Well, like, yeah, I think your parents might have been misinformed. That's like, it was on. It was on Sunday night at eight p.m. It's like the most family friendly time slot. 
No, it's it's not a family friendly show. It's yes, a little it crude and mature. I mean, no, South I think, Park is crude and mature. Oh no, yeah, I got in trouble for drawing a picture of South Park at like my daycare, and and I didn't even watch the show. <laughs> but the I, characters I, are so like easy, easy to, to draw. draw. Yeah, anybody could draw them. And a kid from David Isaacs would talk about uh, this, this South Park all the time, and he would like tell me like how foul and inappropriate it was, and he would draw them, and I'm like, I want to do that. And, and then, then you I got, got in trouble, trouble for drawing it. They're like, where did you watch this show? Yeah, did, they sat me down. Like, where did you hear? I was like, I this kid David told me about because that show was fucking crazy to oh. watch. It was like an eight year old. I remember watching one episode. It is the very first episode of South Park. Aliens come from outer space and shove a probe up Cartman's ass. And that's the whole premise of the episode is that this guy has an alien shoving something up his ass. <laughs> that's the very first episode. So um, I, it's understandable that like parents would not want their eight-year-olds watching you it. You know the name of the bride that um, my best friend John just got married to? You know her last name is? Cartman? <laughs> Kilkenny. Really? <laughs> Kilkenny. That's real. That's actually a town in Ireland. Uh, Kilkenny, Ireland is, oh, is Kilkenny. a town. And there's Killarney. Yeah. But yeah. Kilkenny, that's a great last <laughs> know, name. Because he dies in every episode. I know. You don't want to make those jokes around them because they're like, I know. We get it. Yeah. Um, um, you have something else, right? Well, I just never knew that Laura Croft from Tomb Raider is a billionaire. <laughs> 1. 1.3. Because she just finds all the ancient artifacts and stuff. All right. Shifting gears to our final topic. Um, I saw you recently got uh, beat up by Jeff on yes, Instagram. Can, can you explain what happened here? Y'all, this is what happened. So Jeff um, has created his new line of Jeff's Barbershop products. It's a pomade and a texture spray, which I love, especially the texture spray. I had been using it on the low while it was in its testing or its beta phase. We had a couple bottles that he gave yes. to us when he was like still working so on I it. So I was so excited to finally get my hands back on this. And Jeff says, hey, I'm coming by. Um, for the like the PR the press package yeah Yeah. which normally any uh, time an influencer does a little launch like that and brings it by your house it's an easygoing thing you're celebrating woo yeah congrats you get excited they post the Instagram story you opening the box we walk out and it's Jeff there with this leather jacket and this fake cigarette (laughs) and he has his whole posse with him just these tough brash New York New York Staten Island is that where he's from yeah Staten Island guys yeah bullies bullies just like threatening me to post on my Instagram story to share the, the product or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And it's like I open it up and there's a rat trap. And it's like, <laughs> listen, Matt, you rat fuck. Like, you better post this on your story. Oh, my god. I'm going to come get you. And I'm like laughing. I'm like, all right, yes, sir, whatever. And these guys start just beating you up. But yes. Like, actually? Yes. One guy first kind of like jabs me in, on my side. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Very like, funny, guys. Yeah. And then they throw me to the ground. And I'm going with the bed. I'm laughing. Yeah. And then one of the dudes just socks me right in my chest. Oh, my God. Dude, the wind is knocked <gasps> out of me. <laughs> and I like, you know when it's like, yeah, you, you, like, you can't, can't breathe, breathe. But like, you're still laughing for like the bit. Yeah. And then I, I, you're I, like, I'm injured. Yeah. But I didn't want to like. Yeah. You, you bitch know, out on him. Yes. Yeah. And dude, and I walk back in the house. Like after, I'm like, "All right, I'm gone. I'm yeah. done with this." I open up my shirt, and it's just red. You can still see like the knuckle marks oh from where God. this guy punched me. And still, right now, when like I touch my chest, like right here, it's like bruised. Oh my God, I'm fine. I'm okay. Did Jeff even post it? I it looked like well, like, Todd. Todd posted a little clip of when yeah. I was like down on the ground. But I know Todd probably has the footage of me just getting socked right oh my, in the sternum. And Jeff didn't even. I didn't even see Jeff post it. It was just Todd. Oh, I'm gonna be. Very well. I did. I decided not to post it. 
<laughs> you know what, Jeff? I'm not going to share your product. I'll tell the people right now, yo, if you're looking for a good sea salt texture spray, love it. Highly recommend Smells it. Smells good. Patricia even uses it. It's great. Because hairspray, you can only use that so much, and it's not the best thing for your hair. Sea salt spray, it's a great hold, and his smells good. It's awesome. Sandalwood. This is my endorsement right now for right. Jeff, okay? Yep. yep. But, I, yeah, because I, I, I've already – I took it out of the, po- the package. I was like, oh, I, crap, I forgot to take a photo or, like, film a video for it. But you know what? I'm not going to post it because I'm in pain. I'm in pain in my chest. Jeff, I forget. I forgive you, buddy. Is How that be- what the big mousetrap on your desk right now is? From? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a gigantic mousetrap oh, on yeah. your desk, like a real one. Oh, it's it's a rat trap for sure. It's not a mousetrap. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's for rats. It's, it's a for rat. It's like called a like Tomcat. It's like made, it's like a real brand. And when I opened it up and it was there, I was so worried it was like set. Like, like I was going to snap put on my you? hand and like, ugh. I don't know. I love Jeff, but man, his He's- posse, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. Um, uh, okay, well, I think we can... Well, we can wrap it up, yeah. Because yeah, right now, after this, Jason is coming over and he wants us to film a candy bowl video with him. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> we're 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 like his new taste test. Uh... And my Halloween village is almost done. Maybe oh, by the time this comes out, this will be out be tomorrow. So, oh, okay. Then, guys, expect it in the next two days. It's basically all done. I just have to finish the wiring, which is a little intricate, but. I have to say, it is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen you do. The like it. It doesn't put your Christmas village to shame, but I think you set the bar pretty high yeah. for your villages because the amount of detail and like handmade work that you've put on this village, aside from like the organization and buying the right pieces and organizing the village itself, like you created a landscape using this like plasterboard and a hot glue gun and paint and like all these. Di- it's just keep an eye on Matt's Instagram this week, next week, and. You guys are going to be blown away by this Halloween village. I'm so excited for people to see it. <laughs> I'm excited to share it. Um, but then we'll be back next week on video with Aaron yes. Gilfoy. Oh, we already s- s- revealing who I it think is. for the hey, audio you listeners. Know, if you're listening, yeah. yeah. And if you guys want to tell your friends, say it's Aaron. And yeah. they'll be like, How did, where did you get this information? Then you can say, oh, I met Matt and Mike and they told me. Or you can at- just say, go listen to the audio podcast. Oh, there you go. That's- all the good B-side stuff. Yeah, is we're on- all here on audio on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, wherever you're listening. Um, but cool. All right. Thank you guys for listening. And um, be sure to, you know. Check out Matt on Instagram and, and check out Mike on Instagram too. Mike also went on tour for a little bit. He played uh well oh, you did a show yes. for Adam. Yeah, I'm playing next week three more. So in which cities? Indianapolis, Detroit, and Toronto. So guys, look up Adam Melcher. He's our good friend, Mike's roommate and talented musician. Um, I'll be playing drums at those shows. He'll be playing the so yeah, grab your tickets if you're in those areas. Go <laughs> say hi to Mike. For those day for those cities specifically. The other ones he will not be there. But go support Adam because he's our good friend and Yes. Go see him on tour. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, guys.